This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Baruchim HaBoim, Agutavach, welcome everyone to a special event this evening in honor of the Sefer, the Concealed and the Revealed. The Sefer published by Art Scroll on Purim. I want to thank the host of tonight's event, Chazak, Rav Ilan Meirav, Rav Yaniv Meirav, I want to thank Rabbi Aboff for organizing tonight's event in honor of the new Sefer. Whatever you could do to support Chazak, especially in their efforts of enrolling public school students in yeshivas, Tavay Aleichem Bracha, may you be blessed, Minha Shamayim. And tonight's shir is sponsored by Chickens for Shabbos, which is a wondrous organization that feeds Klal Yisrael's neediest, the families of Agunais, Grushais, Melamdim. Go to the Yad Eliezer site, hit the icon for Agunais, Grushais, Melamdim, and you can have a zuchus to support those in Klal Yisrael who need it the most. You could support families of Rabbeim. Without our Rabbeim, we would not have the next generation. So, Tonight's event is in honor of the new Sefer, the Concealed and the Revealed. Actually, last year uh, the Sefer was published, so this year we are in uh, year two of the Concealed and the Revealed. And there's a special promo code for this evening. The promo code is REVEALED. Okay, that's not too difficult. Capital R, capital E, capital V, capital E, Capital A, capital L, capital E, capital D. Revealed, and you could get this book from Artscroll for 15% off. Go to artscroll.com. Put in promo code REVEALED, and you can get this safer for 15% off. Now, while we're at it, even though we're not, tonight's uh, shear is not dedicated to the safer, the safer Magadarakia on Purim, this safer is also available on our site. RabbiDG.com. You see behind me the name of the site, RabbiDG.com. And you could order the Sefer with free shipping. Go to RabbiDG.com and order the Sefer, Magadarakia on Purim. Now, the last we hear of Achashverosh, he's taxing the people. And you say, oh, I know where he's going. That's his favorite Vartar. Now I have something new to tell you. Vayosem Hamel Chachashverosh Masal Aretz Achashverosh taxes the people, and we think that's the end of the story. However, comes Ramami Fano. The Ramami Fano was one of the earliest Mekubalim. He was a student of Rabbi Yisrael Saruk. Rabbi Yisrael Saruk was a student of the Arizal. I had the zuchus to be at the monument of the Ramami Fano in Mantua, in Italy. And Ramami Pano was one of the most eminent all-time Mikobalim. And he reveals to us that this is not the end of Achashverosh's story. In the Psikta Rabasi, and what I'm here tonight to tell you, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Vashti's tale, and I'm going to tell you the true tale of Vashti's tale. Because whatever you heard until now, they didn't want to tell you the real story. So the Psikta Rabasi says, there was a Jewish farmer who fell on hard times and he had a deer cow and he had to sell his cow. 
the cow that he used to pull his plow, and the animal is purchased by a non-Jew, and the, the non-Jew immediately put the cow to work. And he worked, the cow worked throughout the week, and he worked well, and that is until Shabbos came. Come Shabbos, the cow crouches down under the yoke, and he will not move. He will not pull the plow. The new owner bangs the cow, whips the cow, smacks the cow. The cow won't budge. His efforts are to no avail. So the farmer went to the Jew and he said, what kind of bad lemon did you sell me? This is a terrible cow. This cow doesn't want to work on Shabbos. I could beat it. I could hit it. It won't budge. I want my money back. I want a 100% refund. Now the seller knew there was nothing wrong with the cow. It's just the cow had become accustomed to resting on the Shabbos. So the previous owner says to the current owner, I need to have a word with my cow. What? You need to have a word with the cow? Now you're talking to the cow? First you sell me a lemon of a cow, and now you're going to talk to the cow? Sir, just let me have a word with my cow, okay? So they begin a conversation, the owner and the cow. And the owner says to the cow, Dear cow, until now I owned you, and I was a Jew, and therefore you were not allowed to work on Shabbos. But I fell on hard times, and I had to sell you, and... uh, do me a favor, you need to work now. There's nothing wrong with working because you're owned by a Gentile. And that will, that will be the right thing to do. So immediately the cow gets up on all four and he starts walk it, working for the owner. And the non-Jew was astounded. He's shocked. He had banged the cow, beaten the cow, smacked the cow. The cow wouldn't budge. And now the, the, he has a conversation with his cow and the cow is moving, the cow is working. He says, what kind of crazy cow did you give me? Is this cow under a spell or something? And the owner said, no, let me explain to you what happened. And he told him the whole story. And the owner, the current owner of the cow, was so moved that his cow didn't want to work on Shabbos. And a cow that can't talk and can't speak and doesn't really have any intellect, he's able to recognize the Creator and observe a day of rest then a human being with superior intelligence who could reason and think, created in the image of Hashem, how could a human being not fulfill the will of God? The farmer was so deeply moved, he ran away and he converted to Judaism. Yep, that is the Kirov of the cow. You never know. You see that a cow could be Makariv someone. We're going to come back to that because that might be a new Kirov technique. Kirov through the cow. Cow Kirov. Okay? Bear that in mind for a moment. Comes Ramami Fano. And he says, I'm going to be Megala, the true identity of the cow. I'm going to, I'm going to reveal why the cow didn't work, want to work on Shabbos. Gemara tells us that Vashti used to make Jewish women. She would strip them of their clothing and he, she would force them to work on Shabbos. Says Ramami Pano, the punishment to Vashti is that Vashti reincarnated as the cow who wouldn't work on Shabbos. Vashti made Jewish women work on Shabbos. Vashti had to come back to this world as a cow who didn't work on Shabbos. Now, this was so meaningful to me and this was so moving to me and I'll tell you why. You know, we all know from the Gemara Masech Megillah 
that when Achashverosh called and summoned Vashti to come display and parade herself, Vashti refused. And the Gemara says, why did Vashti refuse? One opinion is, she became a Messiah, a leaper. And another opinion is, no, she didn't become a leaper. Instead, she grew a tail. A zanav. I mean, that, that's got to be everyone's favorite Midrashic and Agadic teaching that Vashti grew a tail. We could just picture this tail coming out of Vashti, this long tail, you know, swatting flies. However, Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz in the Aristavash interprets this teaching of the Gemara allegorically. Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz interprets based on the Medrash that there's a machlaikis. How did God create Chava? Did God split Adam in half? Or did God take out a rib and create Chava? The Manda'omer that says that Hashem took out a rib and created Chava, the language the Gemara utilizes is He, he created Chava Zonav, a tail. And Chazal even say, since the woman was created from the tail, which is, I mean the rib, which is a private part of the body, therefore it is within the, wom- the, the nature of a woman to be modest. That modesty is within a woman's nature. A woman should be modest because that's where she was created from. She was created from Zanav. Well, says Rabbi Yonasanai Bishitz then, that when Chazal say that Vashti grew a tail, it doesn't literally mean that Vashti grew a tail. I think it means she popped a tail out. No, when Chazal say that Vashti grew a tail, it means uncharacteristically Hashem engendered within Vashti the nature to be modest. She was usually a very promiscuous, aggressive woman. And now for a change, Hashem engendered within her the midah of modesty, and that's why she didn't want to come out. So when I heard Rav Yonis interpretation of this Gemara, this was really a bubble burster to me. I mean, I grew up thinking that Vashti really grew a tail, and now you're telling me Vashti didn't grow a tail? I mean, I didn't know what to do with this. I couldn't sleep at night. I was tossing and turning. How could it be that Vashti didn't grow a tail? But then when I heard from the Ramami Pano, the story that Vashti reincarnated as a cow, Baruch Hashem, in the end of the story, Vashti, in fact, grew a tail. Maybe a different tail than you thought, but now Vashti became a cow, so Vashti, in the end, really had a tail. And I'm going to tell you a big chiddush. You know what you call this? This is called the true tale of Vashti's tale. I thought you would like that. But now that we learned what happened with Vashti, let's study what happened with Rabbi Yochanan. What, what, what happened, excuse me, with Achashverosh? What happened at the end of the day to Achashverosh? The Psikta continues. The Psikta says that this Gentile who ran away and converted, he was none other than Rabbi Yochanan ben Tairasa, Rabbi Yochanan, the son of the cow. He was inspired by a cow to convert. He said if a cow understands and has to listen to the mandate of Hashem, all the more so a human being has to recognize his Creator. So ultimately, this convert became the great Tana Rabbi Yochanan ben Tairasa, and until this day, says Absikta, 
we say over Divrei Torah from His name. By the way, the Psikta says that from here we learn the power of a cow. Even a cow could influence someone to do tshuva. Says the Psikta, if a cow could cause someone to come tachas kanfeyashchina, then don't be surprised that a cow could be metaher someone who's tamei. How so? It says zois chukas hatoira that through the mitzvah paraduma one becomes pure. So the source that a paraduma could be metaher is understood in light of the story of the cow that inspired Rabbi Yechem Tirasa to convert. Now, Rabbi Yisrael, we understand, says Rabbi Yisrael Wolfson, why Parshas Para comes right after Purim. Because through the story of Purim, we're ready for this? Who was Rabbi Yechem Tirasa? Says Ramami Pano, Rabbi Yechem Tirasa was the Gilgal of none other than Achashverosh. That while Vashti, Vashti was given her tikkun by, by reincarnating as a cow, Achashverosh also had a tikkun, namely, he converted ultimately his soul, was the soul of this Gentile inspired by the Shmiras Shabbos of the cow. And from there we learn the power of Paraduma. Now we understand, says Ramesha Wolfson, why Parshas Para comes in the immediate aftermath of Purim, because Achashverosh was inspired to do tshuva and become Rabbi Yochanan ben Tairasa from the model of a cow. So too, after Purim, we also read about the purification of the para aduma. In fact, Moshe Wolfson incredibly points out that the gematria of Zois Chukas, as in Zois Chukas HaToyra, is 916, equal to the gematria of Hamelech Achashveirosh. The gematria of Hamelech Achashveirosh is Zois Chukas nine hundred and sixteen. So when I heard this great teaching of Ramami Pano, aside from helping me understand the true tale of Ashdi's tale, but I decided. If Rabbi Yochanan, if Achashverosh ultimately became the Tana, Rabbi Yochanan ben Tairasa, <coughs> I bet it would be very interesting to study the various teachings of Rabbi Yochanan ben Tairasa in Shas and see at all if they're at all relevant to the life of Achashverosh. And sure enough, if you look in Masechta Yuma, Adav Tes. And I found there are only three teachings of Rabbi Yochem and Tairasa in the Tar Shabbat The first one in Masech the Yuma Daftas. Rabbi Yochem and Tairasa explains why Mishkan Shiloi was destroyed. That Kalaiso committed two sins. Number one, they were over on Gilei Arayos. And number two, they were over on Bizayon Kachim. So number one, they committed adultery and morality. And number two, Bizayon Kadshem, they debased sacred items. Whoa, I realized that this is exactly parallel to the sins of Achashverosh. What were the sins of Achashverosh? First of all, at his party, Achashverosh acted in a very lewd manner, in a very unbecoming manner. He ordered that Vashti appear before him and his officers in a very indecent situation. So Achashverosh had a party 
which was centered around Giloy Arayos. Furthermore, at Achashverosh's party, what took place at Achashverosh's party? Bizayon Kodshim, he disgraced the vessels of the Beis Hamikdash. He made use of the vessels, like we read in the Megillah. So Achashverosh was guilty of Giloyarayos. He was guilty of Bizayon Kodshim. Hashem gives him a tikkun. He's Neskagel as the Gentile who owned the cow, who was Vashti. He's inspired by the cow Shemir Shabbos. He converts, he becomes Rabbi Yochanan ben Toirasa. And in order to rectify Gilei Arayas and Bizayon Kodshim, he teaches in Yuma and Daftes why was Mishkan Shiloi destroyed? Because of Gilei Arayas and Bizayon Kodshim. Here's another time that Rabbi Yochum ben Tairasa appears in Tar Shabbat This is the Medrash Echa, Parak Beis, Pasuk Dalet. It's also Yushalmi and Tainus Daf Chav Dalet. Rabbi Akiva believed that Bar Koichva was Mashiach. When Rabbi Akiva would see Bar Koichva, he would say, Hainu Malka Mashiach, this is the King Messiah. Rabbi Yochum ben Tairasa rebuked Rabbi Akiva. He said, Akiva, Yalu asavim Grass could grow in your palate before Mashiach comes. In other words, you got the wrong Mashiach. Bar Koichva is not Mashiach. Interesting that the convert, Rabbi Yochum ben Tairasa, was the one who taught the awesome Rabbi Akiva that Bar Koichva was not Mashiach. Let's explain this in the context that we're learning. Another sin of Ahasuerus is that he held a party to celebrate what he thought was the eternal ruin and destruction of the temple. The Navi Yirmiya promised that the temple would be rebuilt after 70 years. Ahasuerus made a calculation and he determined, according to his calculation, the 70 years were up. And therefore Ahasuerus celebrated a party that the temple will never be rebuilt. Mashiach would never come. The Gemara Megillah asks the Stira. On one place it says, Bayamim hoheim kishaves hamelech achashveroish. And then that implies that this was the beginning of the reign of Achashveroish. And shortly after it says, Bishnat shalosh, the Malchai, on the third year of his reign. So was this in the beginning of his reign or was this in the third year of his reign? And the Gemara says, Kisheves Hamelech Achashverosh. That means when Kishenes Yashva Daitoi, when his mind was put to ease, when he was settled, when he was relaxed. When was he relaxed? When, according to his calculation, the seventy years were up, and still the Geula did not come. And Achashur said, Hashtavadai Suloi Mifriki. Now for sure they won't be redeemed. So Achashverosh's second sin was he said Mashiach will not come. So in order to rectify that, he has to, so to speak, be the one to tell Rabbi Akiva that the true, that the false Mashiach is, a, is not a Mashiach. Rabbi Akiva thought Bar Koichla was Mashiach. So we needed Achashverosh. We needed Rabbi Yochem ben Tairasa, who mistakenly thought that the Gula would not come when it would, so to rectify that, he has to tell someone who thinks that a fake Goyal is a Goyal, that it's not the real Geula. To rectify 
saying the true Geula wasn't going to happen, he rectifies that by saying the false redemption is not a legitimate redemption. So that is the second tikkun of Achashverosh. And finally, I would suggest one more tikkun that Achashverosh went through. This is found in Shmois Rabbah. Parsha Mem Ois Aleph. In Shmois Rabbah we read, Amru Rabbanon, Rabbi Yochem and Teirasa, Pamach Azbal Lefnei Rabbi Kiva. One time I came before Rabbi Akiva, Amrlai said to him, Amoidu Krabatara, go. Stand up and read the Torah. Amrlahem, Rabbi Akiva said, Loyavarti ala parsha. I did not review the parsha v'shibchu chachamim. The rabbis praised him. Perhaps this is another way that Achashverosh gets a tikkun. Here's another thing we know about Achashverosh. The guy's a flip flop. The Gemara says he's a melech hafach fachan. He's fickle. Rashi says that means he's choyzer b'diburai. He's unclear. He's unprepared. He's unrehearsed. He goes vacillates back and forth because he doesn't have clarity of the matter. The Medrash expounds upon this idea that one who is supposed to give a shir, a lecture, cannot rely on the fact that he knows the material. No, he must review the material many, many times before he presents it to others. The Gemara says this is learned out from the Rebunisham himself, that before HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaches, taught the Torah to Klal Yisrael, the Pasuk says, Azra v'yisapra hechina v'gam chakara hechina v'yisapra ra v'chakara four times. Kiviyachal HaKadosh Baruch Hu reviews the material four times before he teaches it to the Jewish people. So it comes out that ultimately, not only did Vashti receive her tikkun by turning into a cow that has to keep the Shabbos, but even Achashverosh gets a tikkun. Achashverosh teaches in Yuma Daftes, Amrabi Yochem ben Tairasa, that Shiloi was destroyed because of Bizaya and Kodshim and because of Giliarayas. Furthermore, Rabbi Yochanan ben Tairasa teaches in the Medrash that he's the one to tell Rabbi Akiva that grass will grow in your palate before the Mashiach comes. And even further, Achashosh needs even more tikkun. Why does he need more tikkun? Because he's fickle, he's hafachpach. He can't make up his mind. So he's the one who teaches the world that if you want to teach Torah, you need to clarify it. You need to be clear. You need to say it clearly. You need to rehearse it. You need to prepare it. This all teaches us the following vital lesson. That ultimately, ultimately, everyone is given a tikkun. Even Achashverosh, even Vashti, and this of course is the true tale Avashti's tale. So again, this year is sponsored and dedicated by Chickens for Shabbos. You could go to the Yad Eliezer site and hit the icon for Agunos Grushos Malamdim, and you could help those who need it most. And that's a chus Hashem should help your family. They should always have Shefa Bracha Vahatzlacha. In the second segment of this year, dedicated to the Sefer, the Concealed and the Revealed. And as we mentioned, you could get it at the Artscroll site, artscroll.com. Use a promo code REVEALED, capital R-E-V-E-A-L-E-D.
and you could get 15% off. In the second segment, I would like to talk about possibly the most famous expression in Megillah Esther, and that is the expression, <coughs> And it was turned around. And who was turned around? What? What's the who? What was turned around? There's another question you could ask. The Gemara says on the Pasuk in Yeshaya, Vahaya Lashem Lashem, that God made a name for himself. Zumikr Megillah. This is the reading of the Megillah. That through the reading of the Megillah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a name for himself, which is very unusual. This would be the last book that you would think Hashem made a name for himself with. After all, Hashem's name is not found in the Megillah. So, this is a wondrous book. It's a book about Hashgacha Pratis, but it ain't a book to say that Hashem made a name for himself with because Hashem's name is not even found in the Megillah. So I want to share with you a riddle. The Ben Chai has a sefer of riddles. It's called Oitzroyz Chayim Ateras Teferas Ploiz Rabois Oiz Kufchas. And he said the following riddle. He says that Haman noted that his ancestor took away from Klal Yisrael three. He left them with four. He measured himself up. He found that he was equal. So therefore he was empowered and he attacked. What does it mean that his ancestor took away three? What does it mean he left him with four? And in what way is he equal? Says Ben Ishchai, God's name is Yud Kevavke. His throne is whole. Kisei Kafsa Machalaf. But Amole comes and Ashe and renders God's name missing. Yud Ka Case, not Kisei. If you take Case and Ka, you get 95. Haman is Gematria 95. After Amolek takes away the Vavke and the Aleph, we're left with Case Ka, that's 95, that's Haman. Haman said that I could take on, and therefore Haman was empowered to attack. However, there's an incredible remez that even though Haman took away three, even though Amalek took away three, if you add to Kes Ka, Milchama Lashem, so Kes Ka is 95, Milchama Lashem 179, 179 and 95 equals 274, Mordechai, indicating, yes, Haman is equal to Kes Ka, but Mordechai wages war against Haman, and therefore Milchama Lashem, Kes Ka, Mordechai is able to overpower Haman because Mordechai and Keska equals Melchama Lashem. Excuse me. Melchama Lashem and Keska equals Mordechai. Now, the Marsha says that now we understand that Amalek took away three. He took away the letters Vav and He. And he took away the Aleph of Kes, Kisei. This is the meaning of the Pasuk in Tehillim. Kivachar Hashem When Mashiach comes and God will select Tzion, Eva, the letters Aleph, Vav, and He, Lemoy Shavloi, will be restored. Aleph will be restored to Kes, and Vav K will be restored to Yod K. That's the meaning. Kivachar Hashem Betzion, Eva, Lemoy Shavloi. The Shla HaKadosh similarly says, Bayoim hahu yia Hashem echad u'shma yachad. 
that just like Lasid Lavai Hashem will restore the Eva Aleph of Hey Bayoim Ha Hu on the day of Hu on the day of Hu Hey Vav Aleph the Hey and the Vav will be returned to the Hey and the Vav will be returned to Hashem's name and the Aleph will be returned to case to Kisei. Comes the Satmar Rebbe, and I've seen that this is quoted in the name of Ramera Ramerah, as well as Ramosha Shapiro brings this from Reb Chaim Vital, that this is the secret of the Pasek V'nahapoich Hu. You know what was turned around? Who was turned around? The letter of who will be rearranged. The Aleph will go back to Case, and the Vav and the He will go back to Yudke. When the letters are arranged as who, so then they can't be dealt with. Not only did Amalek take away the Aleph, the Vav and the He, but they switched it around. So now, not only are the letters taken out of Hashem's name, they're not even in the right order. But, with the victory of Purim, who? Who will be restored? Who will be turned around? First will come the Aleph. Now the Aleph is in position to go back to the case. And the He and the Vav will be turned around to Vav and He to be restored to Hashem's name Yud K plus the Vav K. So what Amalek did was not only did they take away Eva, they flipped it to who? So the miracle of Purim is Venahapaych who? Who will be turned from Hevav Aleph to Aleph Vav He? And then it will be able to be turned back and returned properly the Aleph to the case and the Vav K to the Yud K. In fact, the Sefer Gedulas Mordechai explains that Hu Asher Hayehudim, he cites the Arizal that the time of the Churm Beis Hamikdash we lost one of Hashem's name, Aleph Hey Vav Yud, alluded to in Hu Asher Yishlatu Hayehudim, alluded to in Vinahapoich Hu Asher Yishlatu. That is the four-letter name of Hashem that went missing. The Aleph was taken out of case. The Vav K was taken out of Yud K. And the extra Yud was taking, taken out of the word Yushalayim. Throughout Tanakh, Yushalayim is spelled Chasar. And these four letters make up a name of Hashem that was lost in the time of the Chorben and through the efforts of Haman. Now we perhaps could understand why Chazal tell us that through the Megillah, Hashem made a name for Himself. But we ask, but Hashem's name is not found in the Megillah. Yes, that through the destruction of Amalek, we're able to release the Hu, the Aleph, the Vav, and the He. Now when Amalek took it and hijacked it and kidnapped it, he flipped it around. He made it who? So that if we ever got it back, the He and the Vav are not in the right position to fit back into Hashem's name. The Aleph is out of order. It should have been Eva. They made it who? The miracle of Purim says, We flip around the letters so that we could restore the Vav and the He to Hashem's name. This is a way with which 
Hashem made a name for Himself through Megillah Esther. Through the miracle of Purim, Hashem made a great name for Himself. V'haya l'Hashem l'Hashem zu mikra Megillah. So, we learned this evening, we learned the true tale of Ashti's tale. We learned how ultimately Achashverosh gets tikkun. We learned that all the statements of Rabbi Yechonam and Tehrasa in Tarshabal Peah were to rectify precisely the failings and the shortcomings of Achashverosh. And we learned the mystical meaning of V'nahapaychu, where we flip around, Eva, we're able to take the letters, Hevav Aleph, and create Eva, putting the Aleph back in the case, putting the Vav and the He back in the Yudke. So, I thank Chazak for hosting tonight's event, Rabbi Lan Meirav, Rabbi Aniv Meirav, Rabbi Eboth, for hosting this event in honor of the Sefer, the Concealed and the Revealed. I thank Chickens for Shabbos for dedicating tonight's shir. Please go to the Adeliezer site and hit the icon for Agunois Grushas Malamdim. And you could support and be zoicha to be mekayim, tzedaka, chesed, lahachiyos lev nitkayim, lahachiyos lev nishbarim. And please go to theartscroll.com. You could order the Sefer, 15% off, promo code REVEALED. And as Hashem, the Sefer will really enhance your enjoyment of Purim. Haba aleinu letoiva, afreilachin Purim. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.